Welcome to the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, featuring stellar conversations with emerging and established Wickedly Smart Women. Thanks for joining us today as we celebrate women who are committed, care deeply, and have the courage to take action and create conscious change all around the world. Now here's your Wickedly Smart host, Angel B. Hartwell. Welcome to another episode of the Wickedly Smart Women podcast, where we celebrate Wickedly Smart Women and provide our listeners with a wealth of wisdom, along with immediately actionable steps to be smarter, spunkier, and more successful in their impact and their leadership. This is your host, Angel B. Hartwell, and today we welcome our special guest, Sage. Sage, the prosperous goddess, is the divine alignment coach. As a highly clairvoyant aura reader, coach, and revolutionary, she's here to inspire and on fire about divine feminine empowerment, life as meditation, higher consciousness, energy mastery, self-love, spiritual entrepreneurship, and healing. She is a best-selling author and passionate catalyst for personal and planetary transformation. She's a hypnotherapist, Archangel Michael Channel, Reiki and Money Reiki teacher, and shamanic soul healer specializing in mother wound healing. Voted the world's number one law of attraction teacher, Sage passionately empowers women, lightworkers, and awakening souls worldwide to connect with the divine, prosper, thrive and shine. And Sage and I go way back. We have been in each other's orbit for at least seven years and possibly as long as a decade, maybe even a little bit longer. And so it is just a delight to have you here on the show, Sage. I'm so grateful that we finally made this happen. We only met one another in person for the first time at the New Media Summit, but we've been uh, connected with one another for a very long time in the in the internet space. So welcome to the show. So glad that you are here. Thank you. Thank you so much, Angel. I love what you're doing in the world. I've always loved your energy and felt this great uh, soul and sisterhood connection with you. And uh, I think one of the first things we did collaboratively was in 2012, where I had the honor of interviewing you for the Heart 2012 uh, Summit. And you spoke, uh, I believe, was it the third chakra that you, I think you were one of the experts on, I believe it was third chakra. (laughs) So here we are. It's wonderful to come full circle and uh, be on your show. And you have done so much with Wickedly Smart Women. It's, It's a joy to be a Wickedly Smart Woman in a good way, God got us way, you know, and uh, I'm I'm very big on radical self-love. So I I kind of interpret the wicked as like that radical, that like revolutionary, evolutionary, like wake it up, shake it up. Yeah. Well, there's a little bit of the witchiness in the wicked too, right? I'll get you my pretty and your little dog too, right? (laughs) Yeah. A little bit of that edgy, like wisdom keeper, wild woman wickedness. So yeah, you definitely are an embodiment of that. And, you know, Sage, what I really want to start with today is I really want to start specifically with hearing a little bit about your backstory. I mean, I, I was a channel for Archangel Michael. I got awakened to my channel in 2001 and started channeling 
back then. But before that, I was in the real estate industry. I was a real estate developer. So all of a sudden, my channel popped open. I'm like, what the heck is going on here? So I'm curious if you were always naturally connected. And, you know, from the time you were a child, you were deeply enmeshed in connecting with the uh, the archangels and the ascended masters and energy and all of those things, or whether you, like me, had some kind of spiritual awakening experience that popped things open? Right. What a great question. Thank you. Yeah. So I definitely had spiritual experiences. I don't usually use the word psychic that much because it's more like the turbans, predictive, you know, kind of stuff. But I had encounters with spiritual beings as a child, uh, not having grown up in a shamanic culture, the people I spoke to about it either thought I was crazy or didn't know how to help, like didn't know what to do about it. Um, so I had my first out-of-body experience when I was 15, and that was one of those huge portals. You know, I feel like our growth is either slow and steady, or sometimes we plateau. Hopefully we don't go backwards too much. The more we're on our spiral path, the more we move forward. But occasionally... And more and more, as we're focused on our ascension and, and enlightenment, we have these portals, like you said, something that just pops. It's like, whoa, you know, a massive increase in our energy and our awareness. And so for me, that was 1994. I had three near-death experiences in 18 hours in the Mexican desert unexpectedly. So that blasted this open. And from that moment forth, it was like very clear, oh, my goodness, I'm here to be a spiritual messenger, a teacher, a catalyst for healing. I get it now. Okay. So, you know, I've dedicated my life to uh, to that ever since. So it's been, gosh, that many years, right, that I've been in sacred service. And then in 2008, I had another one of those portal experiences. And that's when Archangel Michael came in and I was doing an intuitive reading, just like what, you know, a normal, like intuitive reading um, at a metaphysical bookstore where, that I worked at at the time. And all of a sudden, this huge, literally like, ball of golden white light came flooding into me like and especially into my heart but really all this whole part of me and my whole body and out of my mouth came this is archangel michael and i am the one who saved your child's life all those years ago and my client who i knew nothing about her all i knew was her first name she was one of those like told me very little because really wanted to see if I was the real deal, you know, if I could tell her stuff. And he took over, came in and said that, and she burst into tears. And we just became a puddle of tears and laughter and love. And that changed it all. And the, suffice it to say that reading went way beyond what I even imagined was possible with an intuitive reading. And when I came home, I knelt on the floor and I cried. And I gave thanks and I prayed and Archangel Michael has been speaking to me ever since. And, and what he said was, we can continue to partner like this if you like, you know? Mm -hmm. And so of course, what did I say? <laughs> Thank you. Yes, of course. So I see us as kind of a heaven and earth dynamic duo and, you know, whatever source of the divine we connect with. I also connect a lot with the goddess and, you know, the divine mother in particular. And I work with chakras and, and Buddhist. I'm an interfaith minister. So I work with a lot of, you know, systems and kind of meet people with whatever their spiritual uh, framework is. So I'm very, very honored that Archangel Michael's been, you know, one of my main, main guides and that I'm one of his emissaries. And I feel like we all have this, 
It's not just, oh, Sage is so special and Angel is so special and they have these things that happen to them. You know, nothing ever happens to me. We are all, all of us divinely connected 24, 7, 365, infinity, right? And it's mm-hmm. a matter of clearing out the junk and gunk and usually fear-based beliefs and judgments that have been clouding, you know, kind of creating that static um, but we're all connected. You are yes. connected. All we right. are all connected. I totally agree with you. And I, back in the day, I did a thing called Everybody Channels and You Can Too, right? Because I, I totally, as soon as I popped open, I was like, well, you know, if I have it, everybody has it, right? And That's so it. one of the things I do want to go down the path of, though, because I'm being called right now to actually do this, I think it will be in service to our listeners, I think a lot of times you talked about the conditioning and the fears and the way that society has in many ways programmed everyone to disconnect from their natural capacity to connect with angelic beings and divine beings and divine energies and essences. And I think one of the things that I'm feeling we really need to talk about here is And I talk about this usually with my other guests relative to this plane, having boundaries. But I learned that I also needed to have boundaries with the other dimensions and to be really, really clear. Because when I popped open, I came into an experience where I literally was out all night working doing work in the interdimensions. And then all day I was working too. And I had to like set some boundaries. So I'd love to have you talk about the partnership aspect about any places and spaces where you've found that you've needed to set some big hearted boundaries with your upstairs team. I have such a funny, fun story about that, that I'm probably never shared with hardly anyone. So it's just flowing perfectly in response to that question. When I first popped open, like you said, you know, in 1994, like, oh, everything is energy and everything is interconnected. And I can like talk and listen and look and understand like everything anywhere, anytime. Oh my goodness, right? One being who kind of came to me and through me who I started channeling was what I affectionately refer to as CC, which stands for crazy composer. Because what he was doing, he I believe he was an actual composer who lived a, a classical composer in Europe, uh, in like Austria or Germany. And he he what he did not become very famous, uh, but he lived at the same time as a lot of the famous composers. So anyway, he came through, he's like, oh look, there's one that's open. And all this classical music came flooding, flooding, flooding for like two months mm-hmm. into my head. I also created about 200 other types of songs and chants, some of which are on, I have an album on Spotify, Songs of Light, you guys can stream it. I think it's free or cheap or whatever. But anyway, he was bombarding me with so much music. I literally wasn't stopping to pee. I wasn't stopping to eat. I wasn't moving. I was like, almost like taken over, like this music has to get out, it has to get out, it has to get out, it has to get out. Like it was just this incredible, forceful personality of passion and of incredible brilliance. But I literally had to say to him, dude, you need to tone it down. Okay. I have to have a life. I have to go to the bathroom. I have to eat. I have to sleep. I have to drink. I have to do things that bring in income. And, <laughs> you know, I have to take care of my family. 
you need to just come in when I invite you. Yeah. So this on is your no terms. More, yeah, exactly. On my terms, when I'm ready, when I'm like, okay, now's a good time. What you got? Yeah. <laughs> you know? right? So we worked it out and um, the flow continued. And then after a while, he kind of moved you know, along wherever he moved along. To the um, next but, open channel. <laughs> yeah, exactly. He moved along to someone else. Exactly. <laughs> way, right? exactly. So that was really kind of a, a classic example. I think that in general, too, a lot of lightworkers and spiritual people, whatever we call ourselves, have had past life experiences or even this life experiences where either a negative entity or energy or thought for kind of came through or they misused their powerful spiritual gifts Mm. or they were killed or harmed for it. Mm. So there's a lot of these beliefs that can get in the way where when people's gifts become more apparent to them, they're already there, right? Mm. But when they realize, oh, I'm an incredibly powerful spiritual being, what do I do with all this? Sometimes those fears and those old patterns are the lack of ability to discern and to have those boundaries and to kind of choose with whom we want to play, you know, on those spiritual planes. Just like on the human plane, we have concentric circles. You have your innermost people, your one or two or three or four people that you can share anything with and you know that they're there for you, right? And then you have your next circle out who you're still very close with, but not quite as close as them. And then you have them and then you have them and you have them. So I like to teach to people that you you can establish concentric spheres with your spiritual team. Yes. You don't only have one or two spirit guides, you have hundreds, thousands yes. more than you can even imagine. But it's but you also have free will and you and also have power and you can choose who you're gonna let in to your inner circles and what they, they're helping you with and to what degree you partner. And that's when super amazing magic happens. Exactly. And you can say no. And you can say no, or not right now. Beautiful. Yeah, or not right now. So that brings us already to the break. It's amazing how quickly we get to the break. So when we come back from the other side of this, I just want to underscore for you ladies that you can say no to the upstairs team just the same way you can say no on this plane of relating. And when we come back, we're going to talk to Sage a little bit about the money piece of things because one of the things she brought up there in that little segment was that she was trying to to create an income at the same time all this classical music was being channeled through her. And so we want to talk a little bit about the money and the money relationship. But right now we are going to take a quick break. And Wickedly Smart Women, we need your help. If you're enjoying this show and want us to stay on the air, please consider making a donation at www.wickedlysmartwomen.com. When you get there, you can also sign up to be part of our about to be opened up community. And we are also So once you sign up for that, you'll get a series of emails that will also share with you uh, links to the Wickedly Smart Women store. So lots of stuff is happening and growing right now in Wickedly Smart Women land. And I also want to say a big thank you to all of our listeners who are downloading, rating and reviewing. We're welcoming thousands of downloads from all over the world. Just had a big breakthrough milestone. And I want to shout out this week to our listeners in... Where are you, Sage? Where are you? You're in California? In California. I just yeah. moved back. So yeah. we'll, we'll uh, say a shout out to our listeners in California, but we also want to shout out to our listeners in the Netherlands 
in New Zealand and in Nigeria. It's an end day today, apparently. <laughs> so we will be right back with Sage Taylor Kingsley. The Wickedly Smart Women podcast is brought to you by the Wealthy Life Mentor. Women, are you on the edge knowing that life is calling you to make a change? Are you ready to be part of the evolution of what it means to be a wickedly smart woman creating your wealthy life by design, a life that is an extraordinary work of art? Angel B. Hartwell, the Wealthy Life Mentor, is hired by women in transition, Women just like you who want to break through to their brilliance, become clear on the value of their wisdom, and embody a beauty-filled, balanced life of shameless self-expression. Discover your Wealthy Life readiness by taking the quiz at quiz.wealthylifementor.com. And we are back with Sage. Before we went to the break, we were talking about having boundaries with your upstairs team. And we also were talking about money. Uh, we want to take and pick up that thread on this side of the break. And I want to let everyone know before we pick up that thread that you can find out more about Sage at prosperousgoddess.com. We'll have that for you in the show notes. That's prosperousgoddess.com. Dot com. That's where you can connect with Sage, get on her mailing list, connect with her for uh, her books and her services and all the other fun things that she has available. So let's talk about money, Sage, because I think this is something that I discovered having been in the real estate business, right? So at the end of my real estate career, I was a partnership and building 51 single family houses, 56 apartments and an office building. And I had been responsible for managing a hundred million dollars in assets. And then all of a sudden I got popped open and ended up becoming clear that I was here to do spiritually guided work. And, and then it became clear that ultimately everything had to come together in some kind of a, div a divine union for me. So when I'm working with people, I combine a spiritual technologies with practical strategies because I had 20 plus years in the business world. So I want to talk about though what happened and what I have seen. It's getting better, but what I have seen in the quote spiritual or conscious or light worker community is this disconnection with the money piece. So I'd love to have you talk a little bit about your money journey and your relationship with money and maybe what the upstairs team has to say about that and what you have to offer to our listeners who may be getting popped open and maybe afraid because of the money side of the equation to fully express their gifts because they're fearful that they're either going to lose their job or if they leave their work, they're not going to be able to generate enough to be um, you know, fruitful and thriving. Right. And that's such an important question because the vast majority of conscious healers, lightworkers, spiritual messengers, teachers, writers, artists, etc., all of us holistic, right? Awakening folks, the vast majority do not make a comfortable living doing what they love and what they feel called to do. So they're either still working for what I call the day gag, <laughs> you know, it's, it's supporting someone else's dream and maybe it's something that you can do well and you might be good at, you might even enjoy to some degree, but you really know deep down that it's not why you're here. You know that someone else can step in there and do that job just as well as you. 
and you know that there's something you're being called, you're being literally called to, to do more. Um, and I love to help people get that clarity as well as their confidence and their courage, especially awakening women over the age of 50, really, who so I specialize in and other people sometimes too, right? Um, to step boldly and bountifully into your mission with passion and with love. And the money is an important piece because money is energy. Now we know that, right? We've all heard this. It's like, yeah, okay, money is energy. And here's one thing that Archangel Michael taught me. Everything is energy and energy is everything. Now we know from quantum physics that everything is energy. Literally everything is energy. Even matter is energy, right? E equals MC squared. But the other half of that statement, energy is everything, what he's implying with that is when you tend to your energy, your personal energy field, also the energy of your projects, the energy of your home, the energy of your relationships, tend that energy. And that's one reason I love connecting with you, Angel. You set that energetic intention today before we went on the air. And I believe everything worth doing is worth doing with consciousness, with love, with gratitude, with presence. So what most people do is when they start to get excited about their purpose and their calling, they don't know how to make that bridge happen in a prosperous and safe way. So they might start doing something, but it doesn't really bring them that much money. And then they're like, uh, you know, I want to say SHI. <laughs> you know, back to, oh no, now I have to go get a J-O-B again, all right? And it's like, instead of J-O-B, J-O-Y, follow your joy, okay? So money being energy, what happens, and this is something that I love to help you with, is how to heal all those subconscious beliefs that have been getting in the way of you really receiving abundance and doing your purpose at the same time. So it's not like, oh, I have money from other things. I have money from, you know, my husband or my inheritance or, you know, my job. <laughs> but I don't, but when I do my, and this is what I did for 14 years before I really got lined up is I either had money or I was doing what I loved. It was like a ping pong, mm -hmm. you know, like, okay, I'm, I have money because I'm working my day job, but I can't keep doing this. It's making me crazy. It's making me tired. It's draining me. It's sapping my soul. I can't keep doing this. Oh, now I'm doing my, my real work, my purpose. You know, now I'm doing my spiritual work. Oh my God, I have no money. <laughs> All right. And then I'd go back and forth and I did the back and forth thing for 14 years until I got really aligned that money is a tool and it's a magnifier. It's an amplifier of your values. So what we, I used to think one of the beliefs I had to heal, there's eight biggies, and I know we don't have time for all of them, but right. I'll just throw them out there. One of them is to think that money is bad or rich people are assholes. That was my belief as, as a progressive, as someone who, you know, is a egalitarian, wants everyone to prosper, wants everyone to have, you know, justice and live their best lives. I used to think that rich people were ruining the planet. And then I realized wait, if I want to be a rich person, I can't hold that belief, <laughs> right? That's totally because I don't want to be that kind of person. So, you know, so the antidote to that, which needs to be deeply reprogrammed, not just understood intellectually, but the antidote is the more money I have, the greater the good I can do. Mm. 
thousand percent. The more money we have, the greater good we can do. Well, we have time for one more question, Sage. And what I'm really inspired to talk about, because I feel like it connects in some way to this money conversation. And I also feel like it connects to the intuitive gift popping open thing. And that is the mother wound healing that you specialize in. One of the pieces of work that I've done in the past and, and am still working on is my own mother wound relative to money. So there's like the mother wound relative to relationships with men and there's the mother wound relative to money and there's the mother wound re- relative to like all the, the mother wound can be connected to a whole bunch of stuff that happens in your life. So, uh, so lately I've been looking again at the mother wound and one of the dynamics my mother had was there were two pieces that I'm I'm working on. One was whenever she would go crazy, which was, you know, she was a little bit dysfunctional. Whenever she would go crazy, she would, instead of apologizing, she would buy clothes for me. She would buy like, she'd go to the, grocery, uh, to the, to the clothing store and buy like 10 outfits and throw them on the bed. And it was like, that was the apology, right? So I connected somehow like getting stuff to being wounded. And so there was a lot going on with that. And then the other piece was when I got older and whenever she loaned anyone money or gifted, even gifted somebody money, like she never let you hear the end of it, right? Never let you hear the end of it. So I'd love to have you in the last couple minutes we have dive into a little bit of the mother wound work that you do so that our listeners know a little bit more about that. Right. Thank you. Yeah. And we, we actually have a really insightful quiz. You can find it through prosperousgoddess.com, but you can also find it through motherwoundhealing.com slash quiz. And it's free. It helps you really understand your own mother wound and wounds. So please feel free to access that or, or reach out to me. You guys can find me and, and reach out to me. So the way the mother wound relates to money, it's going to depend for each person. Sometimes it's also about health, but one of the keys for everybody universally is it's about receiving. So what's been modeled for us through our own mother's dysfunctionality, and there are also issues about us as mothers. So sometimes the mother wound healing is also about us as a mother or the fact that we did not have children or we lost a child or we have an estranged child or, you know, challenges with children. So it's, it's across all the generations, right? What was modeled is blockages about receiving. And also, like, as you were saying in your example, which is such a good example, Angel, of misusing the power of money. And sometimes there's judgment, there's shame, there's fear. Oh, you can never make a living doing that. You know, all these kinds of beliefs. So there are so many layers and lifetimes of stuff to heal around our mothers and ourselves as mothers and also our relationship with the divine mother. Mm. And that's really the missing piece that I just love helping women bring in. And that's been so paramount in my healing and in my empowerment and in my success. And by the way, I have not just one mother with various wounds that have healed (laughs) to a great degree, but two, because I'm an adoptee. Mm-hmm. And I know my birth mother. So, and my, and my two mothers are very different. Mm-hmm. So they bring different sets 
of crapola. <laughs> <laughs> That's the technical term. Crapola. Crapola. All right. Well, ladies, if you are ready to get the crapola out of your mother wound so that you can more fully embrace your spiritual gifts as well as be more receptive to money and being in a better relationship with money, then uh, let's highly recommend here getting in touch with Sage at prosperousgoddess.com and definitely check out that quiz. That sounds like a really powerful quiz, the mother wound healing quiz. And we'll have that link in the show notes as well. I got that as motherwoundhealing.com forward slash quiz. So great. So we are at the end. Sage, it's been a pleasure to have you here today. Thank you so much for coming. And we are going to end the show with listeners. We love feedback. Please let us know what you think of today's show by calling into our listener line. We'll have that in the show notes or send in questions or guest suggestions to listeners at wickedlysmartwomen.com. We might even give you a shout out on the show. I do want to shout out to one of our people recently who made a donation. Thank you, Deborah, for making a donation. We love donations. We love receiving and we love having you support uh, the show and getting this message out to as many of your mothers, sisters, daughters, friends, and colleagues who can use the motivation, inspiration, wisdom, and guidance that is provided here on Wickedly Smart Women. Thank you again for tuning in. Keep your ears open. And remember, you are a wonderful woman. Thanks for tuning in, downloading, and listening. Be sure to rate and review Wickedly Smart Women on Apple Podcasts and share with other women who can benefit from today's episode. Wickedly Smart Women is the premier podcast series for informing, activating, and inspiring the leader who carries profound wisdom and knows that now is the time to welcome wealth. We welcome your feedback and guest suggestions and invite you to subscribe to our mailing list to be notified of each new episode at wickedlysmartwomen.com.